when we ask clients what their ROR is, return on result, it's very, very important to us because we want to design a plan to help you live that out. And it might be a plan that has a less rate of return, but helps you with more certainty live that dream out. And I would much rather go back to the result that people want than some metric that you can't even spend. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I'm here with Jeremy Rudhouse, and we are going to break down a powerful, powerful, powerful question that we get asked every single day. And so please listen up, buckle up, because this is going to be a great episode. And essentially, the question is this, Jeremy. And I just had someone that I was talking to today who we were talking, and they're like, okay, Caleb, what is the rate of return of the end asset again? And like, and I just, and they were, and I could tell, I could tell they were thinking about this in the paradigm of I'm only getting maybe this rate of return, but I don't even see the value in this because I could be putting my money in this investment. And I, and I just made the statement, and I want you to unpack this because maybe there's something that I'm saying that are not, is not translating, but I said, said, address their name. I almost did that on air. And then I said, it's it's getting this rate of return and we can go through the illustration i would love to do that and and this person did not care about the life insurance benefit at all which i know that you have an opinion about but some people that are watching this do not care about the death benefit okay and and what i want to do when i sit down with them is explain the power of the and asset because they had they were overfunding life insurance and they were a business owner and there's there's a lot of reasons for them to even bank with their life insurance but they had a lot of money in the market they had some annuities that they didn't, they had their financial junk drawer. Mm-hmm. And so what I came along is I, I created a foundation where not only that they could invest in their some of their business and have some liquidity there, but I like this asset will help them so much just unlock all the other assets that they have. And so, yes, I can give you an answer. The rate of return that you'll get will be 3%. And yeah, I could say it's tax-free and all these things. And But what I really want them to understand is by you asking that question, I'm giving you an answer that's addressing one benefit. And it's the benefit that everyone wants to talk about, but it's the benefit that I think is so frustrating because you cannot spend a rate of return. So with that, <laughs> with that, Jeremy, let's have a dialogue because, again, I, 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 I really want people to get this. And I know that we had Wade follow on the podcast, and he talks – he has a whole book on life insurance and, and, and it's not just on life insurance, it's on the retirement disaster and what what kind of things you need to do to avoid the retirement disaster. Sure. Um, I, I think in that episode um, or an episode as of late, you, you talk about the mountain example and if yep. you've hung around financial planning or anything for any length of time, you've heard the mountain example, right? We, we climb the mountain and then we come down the mountain. Okay. Yep. Um, we, we're really, this dialogue is about why is rate of return asked time and time and time and time again? What's the rate of return? What's the rate of return? What's the rate of return? Well, regardless of what amount of money you amass, at a certain point in time, you have to consider how am I going to use it? Yes. And the model here at Better... And, and, sorry, and the opportunity cost of just accumulating and amassing that money and not doing anything other than growing it Fair. in that vehicle. But that's, that's, that's more of the banking. It's essentially like, okay, you're spending 30 years growing your money and 
what is the opportunity cost of not accessing that? And we're and you're just talking about okay, let's let's not even talk about that. You're saying you have a lump of money at the end of the, at the end of the day. How are you going to best spend that? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and while there may be a tool or a vehicle that allows me to get a 8, 10, 15, 20% rate of return, does that vehicle also allow me a function with which to use that money? Yep. Because you cannot consume a rate of return and you can't um, you can't consume equity in something. Yep. You have to do something to that thing first and then you have to yep. spend it. Whether you put it in a bank account, whether you you know store it in an and asset, whether you put it in an annuity, whether you have a pension, those things are coming to you via some sort of transfer mechanism. And I want to back up here just a second. It sounds like the the frustration is that the, the you're asking the wrong question. When you say, what's the rate of return? It's not a bad question. It's just not all of the question. Yeah, that's exactly it. And okay. it's like it's asked in such a way that's like, okay, I'll get the answer, and then I'll have everything I need to know to know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. And I would sure. make the statement, even if the and asset gave you a negative percent each year, the positive result in your lifetime perfect would would outperform what it would what another account would do at six percent so so let's maybe address that this way how important is strategy when you're looking at not only growing but also consuming what it is that you've made over the course of your life yep it's incredibly important okay so if we look at strategy and you need a certain pot of money to do a certain thing does it matter what tool does that if it does that thing that you need the money to do no. Okay. So what's the problem? Right? So maybe this is us getting better. Maybe this yeah. is the industry getting better in not touting things like rate of return, not touting things like access to capital, not touting those things, but saying, what does this client want? Which so clarity, yeah. Yeah. what do we want? What life do we want to live? Now, there's a price tag attached to that in the community and the, the economy that we mm-hmm. live in. If I want to live this lifestyle, I want to do these things, then it takes X amount of dollars. So because it takes X amount of dollars, what strategy do I need with the resources that I have to give right. me that lifestyle over the course of time? And then we take a pot of money, a block of money, and we yep. do something with it. Now, if we need to employ a tool, it could be as simple as putting it in a mason jar and sh- putting it under the sink. Sometimes that's the most efficient way. Yeah, because you might not be spending it. Yeah. To, to use yeah. money over the course of a two or three year period. Yeah. Right? It just doesn't matter. Okay. But there's other pots of money along with this particular strategy. So yeah. we almost void the idea of rate of return when we refocus the conversation on what do I want? Yeah. What amount of money does it take to facilitate that lifestyle? And then how can I break up these chunks of money and have them do a certain thing? Yeah. Well, if a pot of money, $100,000, needs to last for X amount of years, you need access to it. It needs to have a reasonable rate of return to keep up with inflation so that you're not actually losing money over the course of time. And this particular tool does that yep. by that tool. Because in your strategy for yep. what you want, that makes sense. Yep. Does it matter that it's an annuity or an yep. ETF or life insurance or any of the tools that are out there? No. What matters is that it does what I want now. Yeah. Now, I may need a tool that has a greater rate of return because I'm looking at a pot of money that I really would like to aggressively grow. Yeah. Well, I would go back and say, what are you an expert at? Yeah. Caleb's probably not going to put money into cattle because he doesn't yeah. <laughs> He doesn't know anything about right. cattle, I can tell you. 
right? Yeah. Even how to cook them. So <laughs> that being said, cattle would be a poor decision right. based off of where Caleb Williams is going. Now, that being said, if you have a cattle rancher, a lifetime cattle rancher, right. their greatest return for the thing that they want could be investing. But in I'm that. not even talking about, yes, but I'm not even talking about the access and control. I'm talking about, let's just say, Jeremy, you stick money into a life insurance policy. It never breaks even. Okay. So it's like the world's worst life insurance policy. 30 years later, you have. It's pretty terrible. You you still haven't <laughs> broke even. Okay. So everyone could say that, okay, that's a pretty terrible, you know, that's not efficient. Like I would cringe because it's like, man, we could do a, such a better job. Well, just stick with me here. Okay. But that life insurance policy helps you unlock your 401k, meaning helps you get twice as much cash flow versus just because of the volatility buffer. So that, just you, hear me out here because I want to break that okay. down. Okay. So you have a 401k. Let's say you have $200,000 in your 401k and you can spend a whole lot more money if you create have a strategy, going back to what you're saying, right. if you have a strategy for what you're going to do in the down years. And let's say you could you could potentially convert this to a pension, to an annuity, mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of annuity options. Well, to make this episode not super, super long, there's different annuity options that give you certain more money up front, less money, but gives, gives it more protection to a, your spouse or something. And by having life insurance, you might be able to get more money up front while protecting your asset. Let's say you have real estate. Let's say you, you don't want to necessarily like pass on real estate to the next generation. What if you want to create options? What if you want to sell that, sell that real estate? What if you want to sell that real estate to create a pension? What if you want to keep that real estate and who's going to pay the uh, uh, taxes? You know, it gives you options. Business gives you options. Like what, what I want people to know is let's just say this life insurance thing didn't even give you a rate of return. Like was the worst policy of all time. Okay. And the end result was you got a lot more cash flow or freedom or time freedom because this thing enhanced everything else. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not even approaching the rate of return. I'm not approaching the, the banking effect. I'm not control. I'm not talking about the quote unquote and asset throughout your life. I'm just talking about it in retirement. So it sounds like what you're saying, if something unlocks other opportunities yes. that I may not have had, if I didn't have that thing, yes, then it's, Valuable. Valuable. Yes. Good work. And we're gonna we're gonna be better as a company to better explain this. I think it's tough because rate of return is easy because you can answer that. But we as a company really need to take extreme ownership and say, hey, we it's our fault that these questions are being asked because if they're being asked, that means we're not doing a good job addressing them. And so that that's just me. I mean, we're doing these episodes because we are this is very much of a documentation of the things that we work on, on behind the scenes. And this is literally one of the things that we're working on, it's like, how do we, how do we create an, a, a scenario where this question ever gets asked again? And it's not your fault asking this. It's not our client's fault asking this. It's our fault because we need to create a system. We need to explain this better because I assure you, when set up and used properly, life insurance is an amazing place to store capital because it unlocks so many other things in the future. Anything that you want to add? I mean, we could, we could literally talk about this for another 10 minutes. I, I also don't want to bore... Yeah, I th or the I th listener at home. I think part of this for us is having a cohesive set of education that you can reference and refer. Yeah. Part of that is this podcast. The episode that you did with Wade the other day. Yeah. Amazing episode. And he, and you highlight it, articulates how it is so powerful to have a market volatility buffer. And that's a, 
a cool phrase to say, if the market sucks, where else do I get money from? <laughs> Correct. Right? That, and and not, that, not taking money from something that's at a loss. Right. If yeah. you had retired in April of 2020, yeah. would it have been valuable to have a different place to get capital from? Yeah, 100%. I think the answer would be most obviously yes, because the market convulsed. And when you went to take your first withdrawal, you would have severely damaged what you would have been able to create yeah. 30 years from now. And go back, it's from September 23rd because I referenced it for a client today. And listen to what um, Mr. Fowl has to say with regards to the catastrophic impact of taking a distribution or taking money out of, because really you're, you're dipping yeah. into principle at a certain point in time, yeah. which prohibits your growth moving yeah. forward. So I, I hope that that kind of wraps yeah. wraps up what yeah, we're trying I to just, say. Yeah, I, I think we go back to when we ask clients what their ROR is, return on result, that's very, very important to us because we want to design a plan to help you live that out. And it might be a plan that has a less rate of return but helps you m with more certainty live that dream out. And I would much rather go back to the result yeah. that people want than some metric that you can't even spend. So with sure. that... Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I We appreciate you sharing this message, you liking these videos, and you continuing to share help share the message as we want to help people live more intentionally. Like The reason why we do these podcasts daily is because we want to be an encouragement. We want to be there with you, helping you be more intentional. And, and we understand that if you get this money thing figured out, it's possible. And so we get... We get super encouraged when we get to hear success story after success story and people that are literally coming in with one mindset and, and as they work through with a wealth coach, they're changing their mindset. And it's just so, so exciting, Jeremy. And like, I just want that to come out because I think sometimes we're like, we're always talking about like, you can't do this. You need to change your mindset. You need to, <laughs> you're better off dead or, you know, and, and we really, really don't mean that because we like, we share that because we want, we want this to land. And we realize that sometimes if we have straight up honest conversations, people listen more. And so with that, any last words? Yeah. So I'm going to give credit to my dad. He said, Jeremy, you know, families are going to always argue about family, money, and sex. And I like <laughs> to say that we usually address two of those in our phone calls. All right. <laughs> with that. Try so, to <laughs> so we get very real is what I'm saying. Get to the heart of the matter. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.